Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning, good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them, especially with women. It's just whole essences that bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. What an opening. What an opening. Um, I'm usually prepared for my comeback after that, but just listening, you know, today I am in an emotional place today um, because of um, the pain that people are experiencing due to things that they have encountered. Uh, in their life, and um, the intro that you hear before the show starts is a combination of voices that have spoken to me during my period of weakness, during my period of uncertainty, when I've needed powering. So the voices that you hear on the intro are those that have been said to me about moving on, getting ahead, leaving it behind, forget about those people. And so I had um, an engineer to come up with a way to combine all of that in one place. And for the most part, I'm really busy getting ready for the show and and excitement and the energy is there and, and pressing our gas and I rarely ever listen to it. I just know that when the music, you know, um, decreases, that I need to be prepared. And today I'm actually listening to it, and it, it, it almost caused me to choke a bit. My mom, who's no longer here, is, is on there. Uh, Steve, one of my, uh, one of my fiancés, he is, is on there. Um, my best friend is on there. Um, other people who have supported me along the way is on there. And then Brandon is, is on there as well. So there's a combination of people who empower me to be who I am and to be here today. And, and, and I listen to this, and I need to listen to this because it, it gives me courage to move on. So our, our topic today, I'm hoping, will give you courage to move on. And if you need to save this message, Save this content, share this video, share this live feed so others can listen and listen and listen until they are empowered to make the move they need to make. That will make, that will make, truly make America great again. Now, this is not a campaign speech. It was really um, a piece of my heart. <laughs> it took everything in me not to cry. But it's a piece of my heart that I'm sharing this morning because it angers me that people are sitting 
in painful places, feeling that they cannot get out. That is so not true. You have the power to get through this. You have the power to walk out of that situation. And we're going to help you with that this morning. We're going to help you with ideas. We're going to strategically give you safety tips for doing so. So it's not just my ego or my or my compounding heart. It's not just Brandon's um, <laughs> voice and his big presence. But we also have another person in the cafe with us who has skills in, in, in talking and walking through this process. We're going to get you through it. We're going to help you do it. Welcome to the show. Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where we all talk happiness every Saturday, 10 a.m. I want to say good morning to my, my right-hand man. He never lets me down. He shows up even when I don't, even when I won't, even when I can't. He does show up in all kinds of ways, not just physically but emotionally. And uh, he's here today giving all he got. My right-hand man, Brandon B. Good morning, B. How are you? What up, what up, what up? I'm good. Everything is chill. Um, I, I'm having a good time. Happy birthday, and shout-out to all the Libras and Scorpios. Well, I told the birthdays. Um, and with that out the way, I will say this. Uh, and, I, you know, usually I jump into, you know, a snippet about the week, but I think that you're absolutely right. Um, I think that this is one of those things that, you know, is under-talked and, and, and undervalued. And I think this is something that everybody should have a healthy consciousness about. Um, but I also have some strong opinions about this situation and individuals that are in the situation on both sides. Um, so I, I I would love to get into it. I know Facebook is going to is going to turn up and maybe some of the people they they're, they're going to disagree with some of the things that I, you know, say and and that's their opinion. I, I invite them, you know, to about any means please get on and see if you can um, you know, defend your position. I think that would be really really healthy um for our listeners as well. Uh but with with that being said, um it's never right. Domestic violence is never right. Uh, even if there's a good excuse for it in your mind, it's just it's never right. So, on, and that's on both sides, and that's physical, that's emotional, spiritual. Is is uh, any abuse is not right. So let me just start off by saying that before we get into what we're getting into. Last week we started this conversation on domestic violence, and we started with the woman um, by the name of Tia Phillips. She's she written a book titled "Give Me Back My Booze," in which she talks about explicitly her relationship with a gentleman that she described as a narcissistic person. She talked about his behavioral patterns um, because she thought that that was a key component to women falling victim to certain kinds of men. And so we spent quite a bit of time identifying that behavior. Questions came up, comments came up. So if you didn't hear the show, I invite you to go back Visit the website and listen to it, or visit our Facebook page and go back and listen to that, and, and, and watch the, the feed on Facebook as well as listen to the comments. We spoke in detail about the selfishness of this kind of person. We spoke in detail about the self-centeredness of this kind of person. 
And so if you are in the early phases of dating, courting, kicking it, booing, hugging, loving with a person like this, you have an opportunity to identify this and make some decisions about what your next move is before you fall head over heels in love with a person who is incapable of loving you back and respecting you the way you need to. So go back and listen to that. And so we're going to pick up today because we promised our audience that we will guide you through steps of getting out, how to get out, and safely ways to exit that kind of relationship. So we have with us in the studio to balance Brandon and I out, you know, because we, we can go at it from, from, you know, we can go at <laughs> any topic, day of the week. Um, we agree, we disagree, it's all in love, but, but I promise you that when we end our conversations, we think about the position of the other person. And, and you should do that as well. When you have these conversations with people, you should think about their position. I'm talking about healthy conversations where they have valuable input. They have an opinion. Think about what, what they said. Process it later and see if it changes your heart or it changes your mind. And if it does, uh, that's great. Uh, we also have another person you can bounce it off of. That's who we use. And that's um, our licensed professional counselor from Suddenly Professional Counseling. They are a, a service that has, that has supported this program, especially when we talk about uh, events, um, lifestyles, uh, incidents, or trauma that has affected how we live as individuals or how we live as families. And that professional counselor is none other than Candy Winfield. Welcome to the show, ma'am. How are you? Good. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here. It's great to be here this morning. It's like candy. Ow. (laughs) Looking forward to sharing some really good information. Domestic violence is such an important issue. Uh, Of course, we focused on it in October. However, it's prevalent throughout the year and every day. So uh, it is something that we want to bring to the forefront because it is Domestic Violence Month. And talk about uh, not only its existence, but, as you say, how to get out of a relationship like this. So, okay. I mean, yeah, so it, well, and let me just say this. I don't think that, um, I don't think that domestic violence should only be acknowledged or, you know, viewed in October. Let me just also say that. I think that this should be recognized all the time. But when in Rome, do as the Romans do. We're in October. We're going to have the conversation. So what's your position on this? I, I got to know. Well, I I feel that um, I've never really had, I've had, I've experienced domestic violence but not from a place of fear. You know, I've, I've had my quarrels with, with, with partners, you know, in a fight, you know, you might swing, you know, or something, slap them, you know, kind of thing like that. Um, I've had probably had, you know, a man to probably strain himself, you know, uh, he want to be a man and walk away. But I've never been on that other 
in, and, and that was in my more younger days. I try to get past that now and, and try to use um, identify triggers or, or stay away from people that will cause me to erupt in that kind of way. I try to avoid them so that I don't have those kind of, you know, outbursts or, or responses to, to things. But I've never been in a place where a man has physically, you know, hit me or said things you want to say to me, you know, and I not respond. So it's really hard for me, Brandon, to, it's hard for me to understand how that happens, you know? And with me being the fighter, come to the rescue kind of person, I would think that if my daughter or sister or relative was experiencing that, and I knew who the dude was. Like, I'm at the house. Like, I'm saying something. Like, dude, look, you're not going to put your hand on my sister. That's what, dude, look, look, I'm going to say right now. And I got everybody, I got the cars lined up in the driveway because I didn't caught some people. So that's my reaction to that. But even when that does happen for those individuals, I'm learning to my surprise that the woman still protects the man and will avoid family so that he doesn't have the bump heads with them or, you know, have any physical consequences for him hitting her. Isn't that true, Candy? Right. Yeah, and, and, you know, as you say that, right, I think oftentimes from the outside looking in, that is our response. And what is occurring is that you don't necessarily see and understand the dynamics of a violent partner violence relationship. That relationship is about power and control. And one of the ways that they begin to have that power is, as you alluded to, isolation. So when we want to talk about why, you know, helping her to leave, I want to address first some of the myths uh, and also truths about why women stay. Because the first question that most of us on the outside looking in say, why don't you just leave? Just leave. All you got to do is just leave. Well, let me address some of the reasons why women stay in these relationships. Um, Going all the way back to her childhood, she may have grown up in a violent household. So it's normal to her. She has low self-esteem and feels like, well, nobody else will love me. This is the best that I can do. So she stays. Many times, And most, probably 90% of the time, economically and financially, she's dependent on him. So she doesn't have the resources to leave. She can't go to a hotel. It's always a secret because of the isolation. People don't know. And she's ashamed. So financially, she's dependent and there's nobody that she can go to. And then just straight up fear because he's told her, if you leave, I'll kill you or I'll kill the children, or I'll kill the cat, or whoever, but just fear. And we've already mentioned my iso- the isolation. I've had clients who have stayed because of their spiritual beliefs about marriage. You don't leave your marriage. You don't divorce. Um, and, again, just the frequency and severity, just very, very afraid. So there's some valid reasons in her mind why she stayed. That has to be addressed first to help her leave. And then when she gets to the point of, okay, I've had enough, I'm out. 
that is the point that she really needs the support, and she doesn't need those that she goes to asking her questions, why, what's happening, how did this start. She just needs the support and the resources to exit the relationship. Oftentimes, okay. that means... I will make sure we get this. So for those of us, I mean, there are a lot of takeaways from this conversation, folks. So I have my pad and pen. As you see here, I'm taking notes. I'm identifying how I can support something like this, and I'm hoping you would do the same thing. So I want to just capture one thing before we move on. For those listening on Facebook Live, you said one of the things that we can do if she contacts us, don't ask a bunch of questions. Is that what you said, Candy? That's exactly what I said. Because she's already ashamed, she's and it's already a right. secret because she hasn't told anyone. Isolation is one of the dynamics that that creates the power and control and keeps her in the relationship. So when she finally says, you know, last night he beat me or whatever happened, don't ask questions about what happened and why it happened. What do you need from me? Right. Come come over here. I, I can give you a safe place. The other part of that, um, in terms of the exiting, I, I got a I got a question, Candy, uh, and 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 this I'm sure others are thinking it, but why? Why are we not asking any questions? I mean, I, it's it's not just good tea. Why do I'm you need saying, to know? Like, why? why do you need to know? So we don't I mean, why not? It's, it's, Right, I mean, it's part of it's, it's. I mean, it's it's all information. So if she's sitting there saying he beat me, well, why? Like, what happened? Like, I, well, but don't tell us. Like, if I, if I she's, typically again, why do you need to know why he beat her if she's coming to you trying to exit that relationship? What information in terms of the details of why he beat her is relevant to her leaving? I don't know that it's relevant to her leaving, but. Exactly. I mean, so you don't need to ask I, those questions. I still need to know what happened before you come up in my house and you come and shoot up everybody in my house, and you know I need to know what I'm getting myself into. Right? Well, you already know he's violent, so you make a decision whether or not you want to help or not. Mm. Okay. Okay, y'all. So well, don't ask. Got it. Don't ask, and, and we're doing it for her. We're doing right. it for her, although. It's human to say, girl, what happened? What? That's, that's human. But we're going to step out of that. We're going to step out of that realm, and we're going to go into a supportive place, y'all. I want to forget this because we probably have detoured someone from leaving. I don't want that to happen anymore. So let's not, do not ask questions about what happened when she says she wants to leave. Okay, we're ready. Supporters, y'all listen. Y'all listen. Okay, go ahead, Candy. I want to go back to what she needs to do prior to leaving because getting to the point of actually leaving and being in that relationship can be years. Leaving a violent relationship has to be very strategic. You have to be intentional and you have to be deliberate. One of the things she has to think about even before she exits is how she's going to exit. Number one, you cannot announce to your abuser if you beat me one more time, I'm leaving. That immediately puts you at danger, and it's, it's going to ramp up and amplify the violence because, again, now you've threatened his power and his control, so he's going to exacerbate it to, to keep you there. So you never announce 
that you're going to leave. Huh. As you, after you've made that decision to leave, again, strategically, you have to begin to do things. The first thing you have to do is you have to make copies of all of your important papers. And especially if you have children, like Social Security cards, birth certificates, insurance cards, insurance policies, medical records, like your children's shot records, uh, passports, IDs, your bank information, your credit card information. And you need to make an extra set of keys that you keep outside of the house. All that information can't be in the house. You, You make copies or you have all of that information somewhere in a safe place, hopefully the friend that you have confided in or the family member that you've confided in, to keep. Because sometimes when you leave, it could be in the middle of the night. And you have to leave with, and many women do, um, if you if you are familiar with shelters, domestic violence shelters, most women come with the clothes on their back. So having all of that information outside of the home is going to help you successfully transition. Because otherwise, if you don't have any of that, guess what happens? you got to go back. <laughs> and then you're back. Huh. So having all of that information outside of the home already um, is, is very, very necessary and critical in a successful move outside of the home. Number two, as the as the woman who is in the violent relationship, you have to make a decision that you are not ever going to have contact with this individual again. And sometimes the thought is, well, I need closure and I need to... No, you don't. If you're going to leave, understand that leaving this relationship means no more contact. And then there have to be rules of no contact. That means now. What, what, you what can't does that follow. mean? Rules of no contact. Yeah. What rules of no contact mean? That uh, you cannot contact him. Obviously, on the phone, social media. You can't follow him on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Um, you cannot have people that he calls that kind of intercede on his behalf. So you have to let everybody know. If he calls, don't don't give any information. Don't tell him where I am. Don't forward any messages to me. Don't give him any information about me. So your whole circle has to be involved in this no contact. Because oftentimes what will happen, you know, I leave and I go to my sister's house, but my mother is still talking to him and letting him know every little detail of my life. And so he still right, has yeah, access. Yeah, and so, again, everybody in the circle needs to know there's a rule of no contact. I sometimes tell my clients, um, and this isn't always in an abusive relationship, but in your phone, you know how we put people's names and their pictures uh, in our phone so that when they call, we know who's calling? Mm-hmm. I tell them to put, instead of the name, do not answer. So when, the, when he calls, right. what pops up is do not answer to remind you. Don't answer the phone because they see the picture and all these, they allow their emotions to dictate what happens. That's the other rule. At this point, you have to move from operating from an emotional place to operating from what you know. In, in other words, from a cognitive place or intellectual place, what you know about him is that he's violent, that he will beat you, beat you that he will uh, injure you. 
that he will cause bodily harm to you. So you can't operate from how you feel anymore. You have to operate from what you know about him in terms of your decision-making. Right. And oftentimes that's hard because a woman will say, but I love him. But you have to understand this is not a love relationship. This is a relationship of opportunity to him that makes him feel one-up, that makes him feel powerful. And so it's not about love. He experiences a sense of superiority over you. Uh, and you being the the um, inferior makes him feel that way. So it's, it's not an equal relationship on any level. Um, also in leaving um, part of the safety plan, I talked about, you know, kind of having some things outside of the home. Uh, you have to strategically think where you're going, who are the people in your circle that are really, really going to support and help you. Because as you said, Brandon, there might be some that, well, you can come, but then, oh, he may show up. Oh, oh, oh well, you got to go. So now I'm, I'm homeless now. So, again, finding right. out who are those people that are really, really, really going to stick to you because they know he may show up. And what's right. the plan if he shows up? And so, and Candy, identif- I, I mean, I – no, go ahead. I'm sorry. And identifying. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, I mean, I got to know. Ahead. So. He ain't I mean, coming to your house well, right now. I mean, he don't want that so here's the thing, right? So here's the thing, right? Like, I mean, you can come to my house if you want to. There's there's consequences. I don't care who I'm um, sheltering. You can come to my house if you want to, but there's, there's, there's consequences to that. How you behave when you get here, you know, will determine how you leave. <clears throat> so, I mean, that's that. But whatever, you know. I, I do have to know this. You, you hinted at this earlier about um, – you know, individuals like taking, you know, th- this relationship taking, you know, five, ten years, whatever. Why would, why, why does it take so long? How does somebody get so entrapped in this web of it was good the first six months, now you're married, now you have three kids, and for the last, you know, and ten years later, for the last nine years, you know, it's, it's been an abusive relationship. Why after year two or year one, for that matter, you're not like, yo, you know what, I'm done, I'm out. Because at that point, you know, you, you're not solely dependent on him. You don't have a bunch of kids. You, you, you know, you don't need a full exit strategy. Y'all haven't moved yet. Why not just stop? Like, I, I've never understood that. And um, I've, I've did security transports for um, domestic violence shelters. And I've, and I've never, you know, been able to really grasp that. So help me understand kind of why some I Some of the reasons that I mentioned at the top, um, her childhood may influence that. Again, if she grew up from 0 to 18 in a violent home, that's normal. She's never seen that not happen. And so in her experience, this is what a marriage consists of, and this is what happens in a marriage. So it's her normal. Understand that it can be, and most women who are in abusive relationships have experienced it in their childhood. And so, again, it is their normal experience. Uh, low self-esteem is the, is the other major reason why women stay. They feel like this is as good as it's going to get. So why would I leave and not have anybody? Oh, okay. And, the again, low self-esteem, that's, that's a mindset. It's not true. 
but it is their truth. And so that's why professional counseling, support people are so important because they have to understand, no, this is not your, this is not reality. There is another way to look at this. Uh, unfortunately, spirituality plays a part. Again, if she feels strongly that uh, you don't divorce, you don't leave, sometimes that is the sole reason why a woman may stay in an abusive relationship, particularly if it's a pastor. Because we know that pastors, uh, unfortunately, are one of the uh, large segments of our population that are abusers. Wow. And so she's the first lady. Yeah, oh yeah. Pastors, police, and police officers. I know um, police officers. She's, she's. Well, we are going to unfortunately end our conversation this morning. So I'm hoping that you were able to grab some tips uh, and some tools that you can share with others about how to get out and stay out of a future relationship. Again, we share this information with other people. Um, this is a website for more information on our guest today, Candy Winsdale from Southern Professional Queen. And as always, continue to look for us on your social media channels under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. This concludes our radio segment of the show, but we'll be hanging out on Facebook Live for just a bit more to wrap up this conversation. Thank you all for tuning in with us. We'll see you right here next Saturday on Coffee Talk with Zoe, your new morning show. Bye-bye.